Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 6 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us once again as we conclude our study of the December the 28th to January the 3rd week, covering Doctrine and Covenants Section 1, Hearken, O Ye People. And today we're going to conclude looking at this section and maybe perhaps uh, just look a little bit more at the historical context so we have a little bit more time. Um, we've covered really most things I wanted to within this section, but I do want to return back uh, to Doctrine and Covenants section 1, verse 30, um, because there was a couple more points within this verse which I felt that we needed to cover a bit more. Um, it's uh, just a reminder, the verse says, and also those to whom these commandments were given might have power to lay the foundation of this church and to bring it forth out of obscurity and out of darkness, the only true and living church upon the face of the whole earth, which with, with which I, the Lord, am well pleased, speaking unto the church collectively and not individually. So we talked about how the church is being laid as a, as a foundation and being brought forth out of, of obscurity. We didn't talk much about the phrase, the only true and living church. Um... I think sometimes we misunderstand this phrase as well. We sometimes mean this to be the only true church. And whilst that may be completely accurate, if we are saying that the church is the only true church on the earth, which whose doctrines are all true, um, there's, we misunderstand this by thinking the church is complete. And we talked about yesterday how the church as an organisation is perfect in what it teaches, but it is not complete. Um, because obviously, if it were complete, then there would be no need for revelation. There would be no need for further policy changes or or, or, or changes in direction. Um, the doctrine is perfect. The ordinances which are required for salvation are perfect. Um, but the policies are, again, like we talked about yesterday, in, fluid, are, um, are, are changing. They change... Well, since President Nelson was called, they seem to change on a fairly regular basis um, or just slightly. But I think when you put the phrase true and living church, then that's what starts to make sense. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the only true church on earth that is the Saviour's own church and receiving revelation from him in order to govern it. Um, that is That is true. Uh, and so I think, you know, the fact that it's living, the fact that it has the Holy Ghost in it, that it is receiving revelation from the Lord himself to govern its ways. That is what we're looking at here. Um, and then it says, with which the Lord, I, the Lord, am well pleased, speaking unto the church collectively and not individually. So again, the Lord is pleased with the church in general. The Lord is pleased uh, with, you know, the foundation that has been laid. He is pleased with the fact that it's on the earth and it's teaching the restored gospel once again. But um, he is not pleased with every single individual. And that is simply the case that it's saying that, you know, people are not perfect. I mean, even the church leaders, you know, he has had to, he has had to chastise and to correct a number of times and probably will have to continually uh, as long as imperfect people lead the church um, under the direction of the saviour. And so I think this just helps us understand once again that, you know, whilst the church may be perfect, we should allow and um, permit people to have made mistakes, even leaders of the church to have gotten things wrong over time. And so when we look back at things over church history over this year, that will be important to remember so that we can truly um, forgive 
as the Lord would have us forgive. And don't forget, very often in the Doctrine and Covenants, we are told to forgive all men, especially if we are to be forgiven ourselves. And so that is something important to remember. So that brings me to the end, really, of studying the content of this chapter. But I do want to share a quote by Casey Paul Griffiths and also a little bit more of the context. Um, he said, quote, The Book of Mormon is an introduction to the saving doctrine of Christ. The Doctrine and Covenants includes this doctrine, but in addition teaches the intricacies of the workings of God's kingdom on the earth. President Ezra Taft Benson taught, The Book of Mormon brings men to Christ. The Doctrine and Covenants brings men to Christ's kingdom. The Book of Mormon is the keystone of our religion, and the Doctrine and Covenants is the capstone with continuing Latter-day Revelation. Uh, the messages in the Revelations are intended for all people with the Lord, making no exceptions to his declarations here. The Lord speaks of a work to spread the gospel, which will transcend even into the realm of the dead. Close quote. This is why the Doctrine and Covenants are so important, but I think this is why we don't talk about it so much. Um, especially when we're talking to new friends and investigators of the church. The Doctrine and Covenants is not meant to be the first thing that new members study. Uh, it is the Book of Mormon that brings them to Christ. The Doctrine and Covenants helps teach them about the the workings of the God's kingdom of the earth. It helps us to have additional information and insight into Christ and how he leads his people. Whereas the Book of Mormon brings people to Christ initially. Um, and I think both are so important in helping us understand this. Um, when we think about the Doctrine and Covenants um, and, and how it was brought forward, obviously we know it was brought forward by Revelation as the Book of Mormon was. And both of them, both of them are witnesses of Joseph Smith's prophetship. Uh, but of course, going back to how the preface was given, there was even more miracles involved that I didn't even mention to begin with for fear of not having the time to, but I'm going to share one more. So as the, um, and this can be found in the historical resources, which are brilliant if you're looking on the uh, Gospel Library app. So we, I've already told you about how um, three men, three of the most learned men in the room went away to try and write this preface and they came back and hadn't done well. But then, um, if I just share this with you, I think uh, this is brilliant as well. William McClellan actually records how the prophet received this revelation. He said, quote, oh, well, well um, the, the, the narrative of what he says says, quote, after bowing in prayer with the, in the, with the conference, Joseph, according to McClellan, McClellan, dictated by the spirit of the preface, doing so as he sat by a window of the room in which the conference was sitting. McClellan remembered that Joseph would deliver a few sentences and Sidney Rigdon would write them down and then read them aloud, and if correct, then Joseph would proceed and deliver more. According to McLennan, by, the process, by this process, the preface, now Doctrine and Covenants 1, was given. Um, but there's a little bit more background to this context, which um, hasn't been mentioned already, that I want to share. Uh, there's a moment where th the Lord invites um, the men in the room who were doubting Joseph's weak grammar, um, to do something. He said, it says in a, the book Saints, quote, to help the men know the revelations came from him, he issued a new revelation challenging the council to select the wisest man in the room to write a revelation like the ones Joseph had received. If the man selected for the task was unable to do it, everyone in the room would know and be responsible to testify that the Lord's revelations to Joseph were true, despite their imperfections. Taking up a pen, William McClellan tried to write a revelation, confident in his mastery of language. When he finished, though, 
He and the other men in the room knew that he had written what he had written had not come from the Lord. They admitted their error and signed a statement saying that the revelations had been given to the prophets by the inspiration of God. In council, they resolved that Joseph should review the revelations and correct those errors or mistakes which he may discover by the Holy Spirit. Close quote. It was undeniable to all those people in the room that the prophet Joseph Smith had received revelation, and whether they had quibbles or arguments with the prophet in later life, none of them would deny the fact that he was inspired of God, and that he had been called to lead the church uh, and to lay those foundations at that time. Um, the Doctrine and Covenants helps us again to understand this, and I'm looking forward to diving into the, the, the revelations found therein, so that we can find the Lord directing our lives today. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please do continue to follow the podcast. I'd love you to share it with one person uh, who has not listened yet to see if uh, they'd like to supplement their Come Follow Me study with a short daily podcast. You can email session at gmail.com about your feedback or if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode yourselves. And please do join the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me if you're interested uh, in studying more and sharing some of your insights. Thank you for your time and until we meet again.